0: you're listening to the over 50 entrepreneur the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down this is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business now here's your host rick hadrava hi guys this is rick hadrava bringing you another episode of the over 50 entrepreneur podcast Let me just start off by letting you know that I really am grateful that you are taking the time to listen to our show today. And, you know, as I looked at today's guest and was giving some thought to the work that he does, you know, the thing that kept coming to my mind was that period in my life when I was in a job that, quite frankly, felt more like a job than something that was really meaningful to me. And... I found myself doing those jobs for the money more than anything and what what that led to was a lot of internal conflict on my side um some anger and and that that crossed over to my family um and their relationships relationships with others in the organization and I really got burned out um along the the way and just understanding you know, really that I wasn't doing what it was that I wanted to do. And what's interesting to me is in my work with business owners and other professionals, I find this similar thing has taken place. And in particular, it's not uncommon to find a business owner that comes to me thinking about selling their business. And when we get to the core of it, they're just unhappy. They're they're burned out and they're staying in the role for a paycheck. And You know, I think what we find is that's way too common. My own father, I remember, you know, him talking to me all the time about retiring. He just really did not like the work that he did. He did not like the company he worked for. And he simply cast his his eyes on the future and, and in particular retirement as his way out of that. And this was a guy that unfortunately at 56 lost a battle with cancer and never got to really see what retirement would look like or or any of the other things that he was really interested in pursuing. And I share that with you because I think I'm excited to have our guest Jim Witt with us today because he's going to have a conversation about purpose and why that's so important. And, you know, it was the discovery of his purpose which was helping people reach their full potential that transformed his very life. The discovery of his purpose was the catalyst that launched his career as a writer, speaker, a business consultant, and film producer. Can't wait to ask about that. Jim views motivation and leadership from three perspectives, scientific, the psychological, and the spiritual, which are summarized in his fundamental principle of human behavior. Simply without a purpose, our only motivation is reward and punishment. And I think that's exactly what came to my mind as I thought about this. So, without further ado, let's welcome to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast, Jim Witt. Jim, thanks so much for being
1: here. It's my pleasure, Rick.
0: Well, listen, you know, I gave a little background um, on the opening, but let's really go back for those that might not know you, Tell us your story. How did you get to where you are today?
1: Well, as I listened uh, to to you do the opening, that reminded me of me a little bit there. And uh, the, the the story is is that uh, whenever I was growing up, I grew up in the middle of Osage County in Oklahoma, where you were either in the cattle business or the oil business or both. And uh, when I graduated from high school, I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to go to college, and so uh, I enlisted in the Army, but then I flunked my physical, so I couldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> and this was during Vietnam, so you really had to be in bad shape for them not to take you. Right. So I, I went to junior college and uh, I spent three semesters there. Then I didn't like it, so I dropped out. Uh, my wife and I we got married, and I bumped around and worked in farms and ranches, and then I ended up as the uh, the foreman of the Methodist Boys Ranch in Oklahoma. And uh, the superintendent and I had a personality conflict. And so after four months, he fired me. And so I asked people, well, what do you do when you've been rejected by the Army and the Methodist? (laughs) (laughs) So I tell them I went to Oklahoma State University and they accepted me. (laughs) So I'd to wish you um, great experience, changed my major to animal science, uh, graduated with all the intents of uh, managing a feed yard or a ranch. And, but I interned with the Ralston Training Company between my junior and senior year. And uh, I thought, you know, this looks like a pretty good life. Never thought I'd want to be in sales. But uh, they paid me well and I ate well. So when I graduated, I went to work for the Ralston Training Company. Spent 10 years with them and uh, became a top-producing salesperson. Uh, but after 10 years, I felt like a V8 engine that was only hitting on about four cylinders. And so I decided uh, to resign on the day they gave me my 10-year service award uh, across pen and pencil set. And uh, went to work for another large agribusiness firm as their national cattle product marketing manager. And that was a company called Central Soya. And uh, I took my product group from the poorest performance, lowest performing group, to having the largest percentage increase in 18 months. But uh, I still felt like that V8 engine was only hitting on about four cylinders. So I decided to quit my job, called up a couple of my old feed yard customers that I sold to when I was with Purina and came up with a novel concept. I said, how about if I, uh, I work with you to market your feed yards? And this had never been done before. But these are two great people, good friends, and mentors of mine. And they decided uh, that they'd take a chance with that. And uh, so I quit my job again and started this new business and uh, moved my family from a townhouse on a golf course in Fort Wayne, Indiana, into a rundown old farmhouse in Oklahoma. And uh, that started me on a path where eventually after six months, my business was a bust. I didn't know what I was going to do, had no concept. Uh, And then what happened during that is I just went through a real-time soul searching uh, and a a time of great depression, which I don't get depressed, but I was very depressed then. And every day I'd ask myself two questions. Why did you do this and how could you be so stupid? And then one day I found some notes from a seminar that I'd attended earlier, uh, a year earlier when I was still getting employed. And in those notes at the top of the page was written a date, March 21st, 1988. And this is about a year later. And and that date is a red-letter date on my calendar. I'll always remember that date. And I looked down at my notes on a yellow legal sheet, and I'd written a question, what is your purpose in life? And when I was asked that question in that seminar, I had a, a flashback. And it was whenever I was still working for Purina, and this is out in the High Plains in Southwest Kansas, the Oklahoma Panhandle, Texas Panhandle. And I was going down the road with a, a young salesman that had joined the company. And anybody that's ever been in sales, you know that people have a one-word vocabulary, and that's no. <laughs> he'd, heard, he'd heard no. He'd gotten chewed up and spit out by these old feet yard managers. Uh, so many times he felt like raw hamburger. And he said, "Jimmy says, I don't even know what questions to ask a feed yard manager on the first call. And I said, well, get out your pad and pen and start writing. And I gave him all the questions that I'd ask a feed yard manager on the first call. I'd never written them down myself. And all these questions were designed. The first time I ever met a feed yard manager, I'd go in and introduce myself, say, do you have a few minutes? They'd say, make it quick. And I did. And my questions helped me discover what the biggest problems they were dealing with were. And what I did is I just set about helping them solve their problems, build a relationship with them, and I became one of the top producing salespeople in the company. Well, Mike wrote down all these questions. And i never thought anything of it until two years later when I left the company, when they gave me my 10-year service award. He came up to me and he says, uh, Jim, he said, I want to thank you for something. Now, this is in my flashback on my mental DVR. And I said, well, what's sure. that, Mike? And he said, I still have the 10 questions that Jim Witt gave me to ask a feed yard manager on the first call. And right then my DVR stopped or BCR, whatever it is now. And I could see directly into this young man's eyes. And here's what I saw, you know, the the eyes are the window to the soul. And I saw the tremendous potential that he had. And I thought, you know, he just needs somebody to help him get there. And I looked down underneath the question that I'd written down a year earlier on March 21st, 1988. And my answer to the question of what is your purpose in life is this, my purpose is to help people reach your full potential. And right then it was as if God spoke directly to me and said, Jim, you figured it out, and focus on that and watch what happens. It completely transformed my life. And since that time, I've been in business for over 30 years. I've traveled around the world as a speaker, as a consultant, written three books, hundreds of articles, considered an expert um, in the field of organizational and business development. And I'm just as surprised about it as everybody else. <laughs> and and people say, well, how did you do that? And I said, well, it was it's one word, purpose. And when I discovered my purpose, people and circumstances came into my life at exactly the right time. And I got to help them reach their full potential and Simultaneously, they helped me reach mine.
0: Well, it's a good point that you bring up. And let me just ask you, because I think a lot of times as business owners, we think we've got to have everything figured out before we pursue our purpose. But that wasn't really necessarily the case with you, correct? Oh, That, I that I you had it all figured out?
1: Yeah. No. I, I, <laughs> I started so what a business it, that had never been done before. And it was the right idea, but it was an idea whose time has not yet come. And uh, after my business went bust, um, other feed yards started doing it. it. I was just ahead of my time. And then whenever it, my business went bust, I didn't know what to do. And one of my, uh, my clients, the two clients that I'd worked with, he said, well, you know, we're talking about what I was going to do. And he says, you know, he says, our business is really growing. And they had the largest agricultural enterprise in the state of Kansas. And he says, we need help with management. Do you think you could help us with that? And I thought for a second, and I said, yeah, I think I can. And that's how I became a management consultant. Neither he or I knew what a management consultant was. <laughs> that's how I started. And everything that I, that, that I needed to know, I had already really learned. Uh, because of two things. One is a lifetime of experience of working with livestock and agriculture and understanding people first from the scientific perspective. And then the second thing is in sales, because all good salespeople have one thing in common. They ask questions and they find out what people's problems are and they help them solve those problems. And if you do that, you succeed.
0: It's so funny that you say that because um, I I know – you know, many times we have conversations about mission, and I always joke that nobody's ever done business with me because I have a fabulous mission statement. But, but when I figure out, you know, what that problem is that I can help people with, right, and figure out that people have that problem and show them, you know, what the outcome looks like when they go through that, it just is more of a connection. And you talked about it. It's relationships are built on asking the right questions to get there. And, and I love that. It, it begs a question in my mind, Jim, why do, why do we pursue jobs and work that don't satisfy that purpose?
1: Well, when we're small children, we ask all the right questions. You know, we ask your adults or parents and teachers, you know, what am I supposed to do when I grow up? And of course, adults get tired of us asking those questions, and they tell us to shut up and stop asking so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> and they tell us to go to school, get good grades, go to college, get good grades, get a job, make as much money as you can, save as much money as you can so you can retire and die. And that's the track that we're given from early childhood. So rather than searching for the reason for our existence, you know, why were we put here on earth? and the fulfillment of our purpose, we're put on a track that is all about two things, and that's reward and punishment. And those are the same two things that I can use to train any animal. And the the thing is, is we do that. We follow that track. And I heard you describe the same situation that I was in. You were working for a, a large corporation. You weren't happy. You were frustrated. You were frustrating the people around you. Yes. Because you weren't fulfilling your purpose. You know, something happens to us. Uh, It happened to me when, you know, I discovered my purpose. I didn't even know I was looking for my purpose. I thought I was looking for the right career path. And that's what we look for. Uh, But the reality was, was, I was looking for what's my purpose in life. And we are conditioned to do everything but that. We respond to reward and punishment. And we're taught that's what motivation is, which is the biggest lie there ever is. And so that brought me to my, uh, the, the principle that you talked about earlier. Without a purpose, our only motivation is reward and punishment. And the thing that separates us from other animals is our animal bodies houses the human spirit. And that's the part of us that's God's. Mm-hmm. And all other animals are just trying to eat and keep from being eaten. And we ask the question, why? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do with my life? And that's the purpose is the one stimulus that appeals to the human spirit. The human spirit does not respond to reward and punishment. It only responds to the, the reason for our creation. And when you know what your purpose in life is, it you transforms your life no one can reward you or punish you to get off of that path of purpose when you're on purpose. And uh, the ironic thing about it is it will take you to the right career path or the right business. We, And unfortunately, there are several authors and speakers out there that, you know, they've reached the same conclusion that I did. Dan Pink, who wrote the book Drive, uh, very much is along the same lines of my approach. Uh, Simon Sinek, and Start With Why?, so, we're, we're starting, the business world is starting to wake up to the power of purpose.
0: So, so the question, you know, if you're a business owner today, or let's say that you're, you're an employee at a, at a large firm or a small firm, you know, what does it take? It, well, let me back up. It takes a lot uh, of guts, for lack of a better word, to really put yourself out there and be honest um, especially when you have a level of success, right? Cause you've gone up that hierarchy of needs and you've met that. And if you have family that you're supporting that and, but you're in that job and you know, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And I know you've shared a story with me before of, of conversations you've had with clients where they recognize they're not where they're supposed to be, but how do you, how do we get ourselves to that position where it, is, is it because it's painful enough that we're now willing to take the risk? Or is it just the honesty of being willing to, to go pursue what your real purpose is, even if it means leaving behind you know, that secure, and I'm giving quotes on secure, right? That secure, mm-hmm. pay, that secure paycheck, Jim.
1: Uh, I think it's both. I think you, for an the individual like myself, uh, and what you described in your life, you have to be at the point where you're, you're really asking yourself the, the question, uh, you know, is is this as good as it gets? Is this all there is? Uh, you know, because if you're successful financially, you're living in a nice home, you drive nice cars, you have nice things, and you say, "Gosh, there's got to be something more to life than this." And you have to be really honest because since you've been conditioned to respond to reward and punishment, then you know, you like the prestige of all the trappings of success. And if you're honest with yourself, Yeah, I mean you get caught in that trap. And if, but if you're honest with yourself, you you have to ask that question. And what happens is you get to a point in your life where that that same voice that you heard when you were a small child comes back and it says, Hey, it's me, the real you. I'm faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. I can leap tall buildings in a single bound. But I'm bound. By the kryptonite of reward and punishment, free me so I can fulfill my purpose in life. And when you hear that voice, you have, you have to make a choice. Am I going to continue down the road most traveled? And that's where the, the masses travel and be unhappy in my life and not fulfill my purpose. Or am I willing to take the road less traveled? Yes, And seek and find my purpose in life and fulfill it. And I, I've i got to tell people that's that's a tough choice to make. And I just thank God that I've made it because it transformed my life and I've, I've developed a process to help others do the same thing. And I get to watch it happen with other people. And it is the coolest thing on earth to watch <laughs> their, their lives transformed. Well, and I, I think about the mutual friend that we have, Tony Minard, who's my accountant and who connected us, and it transformed his life, launched him into the business that he's in today. And uh, that's why he introduced uh, you to me and me to you. Yes. Um, So from an individual standpoint, that's where you have to be. From a business standpoint, you have to ask yourself a a question and You know, we typically work with what I'd call entrepreneurial businesses, and that's businesses that start out with entrepreneurs. And, you know, one day their business grows to a point where they don't know how to run that business anymore. (laughs) And uh, they they hit the ceiling. And Rick, I know that you work with people like this all the time. And you have to say, okay, you know, why am I in business? What are we doing here? And so the same concept of purpose and the life of an individual applies to a business. And because if it's just about making money, I tell people, you ought to be selling cocaine. <laughs> I mean, if, if that's what it's all about, you need to be peddling drugs. And, you know, they look at me kind of funny, but that's not why we're, we do what we do. You, you reach a saturation point where how much money is enough? And I always ask people that question. Have you ever had enough money or have you ever had too much money? There's no saturation point on that. So in a business you have to the the question is is what is the purpose of our business? And people always complain, you hear this all the time, you know, I just can't find, hire, and keep good people. Well, ask yourself a question why? How much time and energy and money do you spend on the very problem that you've just identified? And the way that you do that is you you create a a people magnet. And you you have to create a purpose-driven organization where people want to come to work for you, not because of a paycheck or perks or a pension, but because they want to be partners in a cause in a purpose that is bigger than they are, something that they really believe in, that they want to give themselves to, where they can fulfill their individual purpose in life.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the questions that I had for you I've heard this comment and I'd be interested on your view on it from a leadership standpoint as the business owner, the visionary, whatever, you know, we want to call ourselves when you're building out your team. I think a lot of times we hire to fill a need that we have. And, you know, if we understand purpose, then why are we not looking at the person that that we're hiring or we're trying to, you know, grow to follow their passion? What is it that they're passionate about? And does that fall within the roles that we're looking to fill within our own organization? Uh, so I'm curious what your thought is on that
1: as well, Jim. Well, that's, that's why if you have to have the purpose identified for your, your business. I have four criteria for purpose, either as an individual or as a business, and here's what it is. It's positive, powerful, simple, and serving. Number one thing, we're all put here on earth to do something positive with our lives. Number two, we want to be a player in life's powerful play. We we want to give ourselves to something that's bigger than we are. You're never going to accomplish anything of greatness by yourself. Number three, it has to be simple. And you talked about a mission statement. Most mission statements aren't worth the paper they're written on. Agree. You know, they're they're a page-long diatribe or a paragraph-long diatribe that nobody knows, no one cares about. So I I have a, a criteria for anybody that we work with, and it's everybody in your organization has to tell me exactly what the purpose is using the same words the same way every time. If you can't tell me in one sentence, you don't know what it is. And then the the last thing is, is it has to be serving. Everybody's put here on earth to serve. Those that figure it out are those that not only succeed, but they're the happiest people. And it can be as uh, altruistic as Mother Teresa caring for the sick and dying in Calcutta, or as capitalistic as Sam Walton building the largest retailing empire. It's the same principle. So... Those are the four things that if you can identify those things, then you know that you've identified your purpose either as an individual or as an organization. And people want to work for that kind of an organization. In today's environment, you can get a job. Well, I shouldn't say before the pandemic anyway. Yeah. You know, getting a job wasn't the issue. People walk off job one day and have a job the next. And we'll get back to that again. So it it all gets back to, to one word. And that word is purpose.
0: And I love that. And, you know, as I'm listening to you, it's something I've been thinking about a, a lot lately through all this craziness that that we're living through is, you know, I've always thought that if we would just focus on helping other people, and, and especially as entrepreneurs, it's why I love working with business owners, is they truly are the backbone of our economy, but also our society, and, and I love this purpose mission that you have. And it's funny because that your comment about mission statement is exactly what I've said. You know, when I can have, when I can verbalize the problems that we solve and what it looks like for the client, and I understand that, or the customer, and, and when my people can and my clients can, when they understand what it is we do and and the purpose that we have, that just helps build the culture. And to your point, it attracts those people that want to do that. And it attracts the people that want to do business with us as as business owners. So, I, I love that. Well, you know, Jim, we're unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time today, but you've got some pretty good books out there. And, you know, writing for the brand, I, I think is interesting on so many levels. And I, I just have to ask you a question because this this book is one that I think everybody should pick up, so I'll ask you how we get a copy, but as as I looked through the book, you know, you give a little bit of history about Oklahoma, talks a little bit about the story, but what was interesting to me, and I have to ask you this question, is the story was into the future, and, and I just have to ask you, what, what was the purpose in having this book be futuristic? but really being
1: historical from from an Oklahoma perspective? Well, the, the first thing that, that drove me to write the book was, you know, I'd be having a conversation with somebody on the airplane. We all do. Well, what do you do? And, you know, I'd tell them that I'm in the consulting business, and they'd tell me, well, tell me what you do as a consultant. And I could tell that my process was completely foreign to them. They didn't understand purpose. And so I thought, you know, I have to paint a picture for for people to understand what I'm talking about, because it just wasn't in our vocabulary. Uh, They understood profit, but they didn't understand purpose and how to get there. So I thought, I'm going to write a book. And I thought, you know, I'm going to write a book that I really enjoy. And I thought about like Ken Blanchard's books and, you know, like the one minute manager, which are just allegorical books. Right. And I thought, well, what do I know best? And I thought, you know. I grew up in the cattle business. I've worked with a lot of people in agriculture. I'm going to write a Western. And, you know, Louis L'Amour has over 30 million books in print in 30 different languages. So obviously somebody likes to read a Western. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, how can I describe it? And I thought, I'm going to write it in the future, 30 years into the future, which is part of our planning process. I actually have people plan 30 years into the future. And it, it's about a rancher that goes broke in Oklahoma, and he's struggling. And he goes to San Antonio, the Cattlemen's Convention. Here's a speaker who challenges uh, the audience to discover what their purpose in life is, their purpose in business. And uh, as a result, he, he, he gets mad because he thinks it's too simple. It's too simple of an answer. But he buys the speaker's book. He discovers his purpose in life he creates the model organization built on that purpose and it 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 transforms his business transforms his life and when people ask me what do you do as a consultant i said well you need to read this book if they don't read it it doesn't matter if they read it and i get a lukewarm response it's you know you know they're not ready but if they read that book and they say, Jim, that's the kind of business I want to build, then I say, we've got something to talk about. Yeah. And so it helps me identify and qualify my clients. Uh, I'm not for everybody. I don't want to work with everybody. I only want to work with the people that buy into the concept. And if they do that, then I know that look, we're going to have a great relationship and we're going to be able to help them.
0: Well, to that end, if somebody wants to learn more about, Purpose Unlimited, or they want to reach out to you, Jim, how, how do they do that?
1: Uh, simply go to PurposeUnlimited.com, and they'll find all my books there. The The two books that they, they need to have is the one that you described, Writing for the Brand, The Power of Purposeful Leadership. And the other one is, if they want to discover their purpose in life, they need to uh, buy the transformational power of purpose, finding and fulfilling their purpose in life. And there's also, a have launched it as an online course, so you can also uh, enroll in that course there as well. You can sign up for our free e-letter, uh, poke around in our, our blog. You'll just find tons of stuff there and the contact information. And you can also link to all of our social media there as well.
0: Perfect, perfect. Well, you know, you can also find today's show notes and um, – the website and links to, to Jim's information by visiting our website at epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. You know, and and I would just leave you with these thoughts today. It, you know, if you're struggling with where you are, if, if you're burned out, you know, I think times like this, um, it, it seems to happen more than not. And we talk about unconstrained vision, those things that we would do if we didn't worry about what other people would say. I think purpose goes great into that. And I appreciate, Jim, you being on the show today to share that. And guys, thank you for taking the time to listen to today's show. And until next time, remember, you're only getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our Freedom Formula at epicsbiz.com slash formula. And remember, we're only getting started.